hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John. Welcome back to the podcast <laughs> where we do different things every week in this intro and have never, ever landed on a solid one. John, how was your week? It was all right. It was all right? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. John is wearing a mailman hat today. It's very cool. It's, 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 is it a fashion choice? No, they're fixing the water in my home. And I like it all day. It's funny that you say that because I've been very into hats recently. Yeah. But specifically, this one hat that I got for free at this place called Skin Laundry. So Skin Laundry is like a facial bar, but they do like laser facials. So they take like a little laser and they zap your face, right. and it gets really hot. And what's the coupon code they can use? Oh my god, I wish. No, it's like literally so expensive. I got it for free, but like it is, <laughs> it's really expensive. It's great though. My skin has literally never looked better, and I know this because I was out to brunch with. Jacob and Jacob unprompted without me even fishing for anything was like Caitlin your skin looks like really great and I was like Jacob that's amazing I just got this facial it was a whole thing anyway so the point is I had this hat from skin laundry and I was at coffee with someone and I was up and paying at the register and the guy looks at my hat and he's like whoa gnarly that's crazy and I was like, what is it about the hat? He thought that like Skin Laundry was like a punk band or something. <laughs> it's like, that's like, and I was like, I guess it does kind of sound gross. Interesting. Anyway, hats. Hats. Yeah. We should get Riverdale Register hats. We would have to make Riverdale Register hats. <sighs> Never mind. If only, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> would we even have an audience to buy Riverdale Register hats off of us if we have excess hats? TV fair. I thought that maybe I would just have one and you would have one. But, you know. We could do that. We could also do that. That'll I, still be expensive. Remember I, when I bought those shirts, when I made those shirts for my house? Yeah, expensive. It was, I was trying to get as little as possible mm. and it was still like $200. Oh my God. Wait, for four shirts? I was got, I ended up with like 10 shirts. Oh my God. Okay, that's better than, yeah. yes. Wait, did I, I have a shirt. I don't know, do you? Ian might. I think I do have a shirt. It says Pool World on it? Yeah. Yeah. We do have a shirt. Yeah, but there's a big reason I didn't continue making pool yeah, world shirts. Yeah, everybody gets one. I did think about making tie-dye shirts again, but I can't go back. You can't go back? Why not? Because it's going to ruin my house. <laughs> I had to move out of that apartment because <laughs> there was like so many stains. I, and then I just bleached everything. But to you make can do it outside now. I know, but then it's going to stain the wood because oh, that's what happened boy. on my patio. I also did a bunch of resin. I didn't think this would be the reason... <laughs> that tie-dye that, tie that you died. didn't continue doing tie-dye. Yeah, because like everybody I know, mm-hmm. you know, who developed whatever hobby or passion right. or hairstyle they got during the pandemic. <laughs> also a hairstyle that had a different one too. Undid that over the last year or so. Yeah. And I've, I'm noticing, myself included, with the hairstyle thing, people are kind of circling those ideas again. Interesting. Because Brendan's like growing his hair back out. He is out. growing his hair out. I hope that doesn't mean there's another pandemic. <laughs> it's no. the recession. Yeah. Oh, everyone's fun. going back to their comfort. <laughs> it's true. I did uh, really like toy with the idea of buying like beads to make bracelets. But I was like, it's pride. Like I should have some beaded bracelets. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to do more than just crafts. But anyway. Happy Pride. But, thank you. Happy Pride to all of you. It is June 1st. Mm-hmm. That's a very exciting day. Mm-hmm. Um, happy Pride. Remember the first Pride was a riot. But ha- also have fun. And make your pride a riot. Make your pride, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, remember where we all came from, but also, you know, have fun also and enjoy yourselves. Um, right. They I- rioted so you can party. Yeah. 
And also, we still have a long way to go. But anyway. <laughs> but, but also, please enjoy yourselves. We're not finished. Yeah, no. And be safe. Anyway, what do we do now? Have our audience, do they have... Yes, we got a question. <laughs> I was saying that just so uh, you would ask me. So this is from um, MG on Instagram. And she wants to know is, do you think that Midge or Dilton will die again in this timeline? I forgot Dilton existed. I know, right? Maybe? Um, we haven't figured out why the milkman wants to kill anybody. Right. Remember when we thought this episode would be plot? Yeah, no. There's Whoever a... cuts those trailers is a liar. <laughs> there was a very little bit of plot, and there was a lot of car anxiety. There was so... two boys definitely wanted to have sex with a car. Okay, I had a lot of questions about, I like, is this like, are they like shipping Archie and Reggie? Is it just friendship? It was cute. The car is definitely involved, but yeah, you know. Yeah. Bella. Bella was the teacher who lived in the car. Remember that? Oh, God. That was a Rivervale thing. No, I didn't remember that. I was trying to remember if the car that Mr. Honey ruined was called Bella. I think it was called Bella. It's like always called Bella. Yeah, I think he only has Bella as a Yeah, listen, if you... Two weeks ago, if you'd been like, you think this Reggie still loves cars, I would have been like, no. <laughs> Reggie's never heard of a car. Yeah, he drives tractors. <laughs> Maybe he loves tractors. That would have been hilarious. He was like, no. that, I mean, your hot rod's fine, but it's no tractor. It's no tractor. Can you ride a tractor on or a road? Or if he like talked about how, because I think like some car designs or engines or whatever were developed for tractors and then put into cars, but I might be wrong. dangerous. Why? Not? Why? I don't know. Is that, like a tractor would be really powerful. Yeah. You shouldn't have that on the road. I don't really like cars. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I like my car, and that's really it. Otherwise, I'm like, let's forget it. It's just a lot. I don't know. This is why you live in a walkable area. Yeah, I do. I actually I love walking. As yeah. we know, I love to walk. And I love my car. I have a Jeep. It's the best. We love walking. Walking is <laughs> like coming back. <laughs> walking is coming back in a big way. For all of you who don't know, I wrote an article about walking. And then when we were at dinner with Steven, shout out Steven, Stephen was like, yeah, I heard like walking is really trendy. And I was like, that's because I wrote that article. <laughs> I pitched and wrote it and now it's back in, in fashion. So crazy. Would you like to know the title of the episode? Yes. Oh my God. Do you know what chapter number it is too? That's a great question. Um, it's I 127. One, it is 127? 127 hours. 127 hours. <laughs> chapter 127 hours. American Graffiti. Now, John, have you seen American Graffiti? I have not seen American Graffiti. I have also not seen American Graffiti. We're a bad combo on this show sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we We're sh- like, with our two interests, we cover most things people have watched. This and then this show, this show is like, we're obsessed with culture from a different time period. <laughs> we're obsessed with things you've never seen, potentially never heard of. American Graffiti, I have heard of it. I think I always get this confused with Fast Times at Richmond High for some reason. Which is not at all the same, but it's a it's a study of cruising and early rock and roll cultures popular among George Lucas, the director's age group. So the guy who did Star Wars made this high school show. <laughs> the guy who movie. did Star Wars, yeah. The guy who did Star Wars, perhaps you've heard of him. Yeah. And also Francis Ford Coppola, the he, Godfather. Like- from what I understand, George Lucas's entire film career is American Graffiti and then like a bunch of Star Wars movies. It's just insane to think about how much money he had from that. But franchise. he never went on to like do anything original after that, too. He fine. just doubled down on Star Wars and then it was like, great, you never get to make movies again. Totally fine. That's fine. 
great, cool. And now he owns like a ranch. It's crazy. <laughs> He's like very beloved. And he doesn't Yeah, have to do and the anything. fandom likes him again now that he doesn't make anything anymore. Right. They're like, ah, George. <laughs> yeah, he's like the grandfather who had this one weird idea about like a sky pirate. And then <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it became a billion dollars. Yeah. Han Solo is a sky pirate. He's a sky pirate, yeah. I have this thing with Star Wars where I really like Star Wars, but I have this one tiny issue with Star Wars as a franchise. Uh-huh. There's so much planets. There's, there are a lot of planets. Why don't they just let the planet, like you, he, like the Darth Vader could just take the planets over there and then everybody else has the planets over there. Like he could just take the planets as, as many as he wants, but like over there. So your problem is that <laughs> in the galaxy far, right. far away, you have to be aware of all these individual planets and yeah. whose control they're under at any given moment. Well, no, I'm just saying like Darth Vader's always trying to take over other planets and destroy other planets, but he could just take his spaceship and go as far as he wants and then have all those planets. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't, but also it's because I, I want to get really pedantic with you. Great. Cool, cool, cool. So he, think about it this way. He, <laughs> they're right. always on another planet. Right, and you're always right. like, where are they right now? No, no. I'm like, why does Darth Vader need, like, like everyone is like mad that he's there and they're like shooting things at him. They're so upset. Yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. Upset. They're like, get out of here. Right. But he could just take his spaceship and go far away. Yeah, he could leave. He could leave. <laughs> I go to a different planet, and on that different planet, he could be the ruler of that planet. I, like, I don't understand. He could keep going until they wanted him there. So, Like, he's just coming out of him so much hostility. Like, why? Like, why doesn't he just move on? Like, everyone wants you to leave. Just go. Yeah, exactly. Like, why? That's my issue with Star Wars, and I think that George Lucas would know. Um the answer is better than I would. Sound off in the comments if uh, that makes sense to like you guys. Like, Anakin, read the room. Get out right, of here. Just, like, leave. Like, You'd leave. be happier, too. People wouldn't shoot at you all the time. Exactly. Well. And there's another planet. He could always keep looking. That's the thing. It's like, they have all these ships. Just go on a different one. I'm happy that we all see my vision. My Star Wars universe would be very boring. It would just be him finding a planet. Every time anyone has any small problem, they just move. <laughs> they just go. They just keep There's going. another planet. We can go to another planet. <laughs> exactly. Why do you have all these spaceships? <laughs> it's very annoying. Also, there's magic. Why is there magic? It's space. It's confusing. <laughs> That's a different issue, though. We can't get there. We have too much to cover today. But if you wanted, I could I could give you a whole podcast about this. So that's American Graffiti. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if we want to know what that movie's about, that movie is about cruising and rock and roll, as I previously stated. So it's actually a pretty good summation of this episode. Yeah. It's about California. From the 70s? It is from, um, it's from the 70s, but it takes place in the 60s. So okay. it's from 73, but I guess it takes place in 1962. Mentally, I conflate the 50s and 60s a lot. And Me I wonder if that's too. similar for a lot of people. Well, it's funny because like, I don't really conflate the 80s and 90s or the 80s and 70s. But the 60s, 70s, and 50s all kind of could be one thing. But the 60s has color that the 50s doesn't. And I don't just mean like on TV, but yeah. I think about like the Beatles performing. And For all sure. Of that. They had colors. And, like, yeah. Big green color and all that. I think about like Star Trek. Uh, and the 50s is just like... No one knows about color yet, I feel like is the difference between the 50s and the 60s. Well, I feel like the 50s is like 
hey, like it's really reserved, right? But it's like the the starting point of the spark starts in the fifties to enter into the sixties, right? So it's like uh, the seventies gets dark, and yeah. the eighties is like woo, right? Exactly. <laughs> they discover cocaine. Well, I guess the sixties also gets dark because we got Nam. Right? 50s is right after Korea. 50s is Korea. 60s is Vietnam. Isn't the 70s Vietnam? When was Nam? (laughs) Okay, I gotta be more specific. When was Vietnam (laughs) War? Um, 1955. Wow. Wait. That's... Since it's not an official war, maybe it's a vague thing. (laughs) Do you want to know when it ended? 1975. Yeah, that's why I think it's a 70s thing. I I don't think we were putting troops in Vietnam in 1955. Also, the Vietnam War was 1969 to 1973. There we go. So none of what I just said there was right. There we go. There it is. That makes so much sense. Uh, okay. Should we cut all of this? No, no. Honestly, I think we're, we're crushing it. So... <laughs> I think huh. we should kill the podcast and start wait, over. Wait, wait. The Vietnam War now is actually, in, according to Britannica, 1954 to 1975. But I think it was just like such a long conflict. Anyway, who wrote this episode? This episode was written by Nate Burke and Sam Rubinek. This cool. is for both of them their first Riverdale episode. <gasps> Congratulations. They are both staff writers this year. Yay. And appear to have both been script coordinating the blacklist before. Interesting. Curious, right? It's my parents' new favorite show. I've just never heard of a new favorite show. Oh yeah. The Blacklist is that show I'm constantly shocked is still on TV. Still on TV. Yeah, my parents love it. My it's... parents started watching it this year. And they were like, it's great. What is it? <laughs> so it's about a guy who is James Spader right. and he was on the FBI's most wanted list and yeah. now he goes and helps other people he works that one in a wig i've seen the pilot yeah so he does he like i think he takes down other people on the fbi's most wanted list right it's fun i haven't seen it sure yeah that seems fine how many seasons of this show has there been at least 10 that's insane right i I remember like the first season being on tv i i cannot believe that that because you know these are network seasons too yeah and I cannot believe that that can be a plot engine for that long. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Here's the thing. People love FBI's. I just think it would be funny if, as the show went on, he, like, tackled all the big guys early. <laughs> and, like, by this time, he is solving petty crimes. Right, exactly. <laughs> like like a person who, like, held up an ATM. Because I think a lot about NCIS, surprisingly. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah. I read a bunch of those early scripts when I worked on the show. And, like, they're action-packed they're yeah. moving characters learn lessons and learn things about the navy in every episode and it's cool in that way and exciting and each crime is kind of different like there's one where it's like yeah. oh man yeah a crewman on the deck of this of this aircraft carrier like died and it's because his boss was like pumping people with speed to get better results oh, no the navy but like it's always murder now right it's always just a murder and it's always an accident Oh. It's always that person be like, I didn't mean to, but then the thing happened, and then I hit yes. a body, and like it's always the same. And I have to wonder if the blacklist has Ran become out. that. Like how ten years in, this guy's like, of course, my list continues. <laughs> Whose list is that long? Right, exactly. He's actually you could have stopped after forty, but yeah. I guess we're, you wanted to do it. It would have been like help. It's fine. If Blind Spot had gone ten years, oh, what, would they have one? just? Would there have just always been more tattoos, or would they have was run that, out? Was that the idea that she had a bunch of tattoos? She had a bunch of tattoos and each tattoo was a plot 
That's such a good idea. <laughs> All my tattoos would have terrible plots. I've just never heard of a script coordinating team before. Are you sure they're a team? No, but I've just never heard of two script coordinators at the same time on a show either. Interesting. I guess, yeah, I've never heard of a script coordinator team either. Yeah. Weird. And just both their IMDb's say the same things for what they were doing. At the what same if it's time. just an alias and it's one person? Neighbor is Sam Rubinek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Interesting. Interesting. The witness protection program, but yeah. but they ended up just putting both of the names on IMDb. They mm. got burned. It's a whole thing, and that's a show. That's a show. Now this episode was directed by Kevin Sullivan, who has not directed an episode of Riverdale since episode three hundred one, Labor Day. Do you that remember was the that one, one where they went to the lake. It's the one where they went to the water. Yes, and, and the leeches were there. And the leeches, but it's also the last time we saw this car drive anywhere. Wait, really? That's so. Can funny. you think of another time we've seen that car drive anywhere? No, I don't believe it's a car. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe it's possible that it can not, drive anywhere. No, it's not street legal. I've said this multiple <laughs> times. Absolutely not. He also directed on some series called Surface that I've never heard of before in my life. Surface. Why does that sound so familiar? It seems like a, a show that I would like. Why? Do you like surfaces? Um, no, I think it's like surface, like something is surfacing. Oh, yes, it's the one with the boat. She falls off the boat. This woman, let me just from memory tell great, you what this great, is about. Perfect. It's got Gugu Mabath Raw in it. Yes, love her. Amazing. I can't even tell you how much. Um, but she falls off a boat, like a cruise ship, mm -hmm. and then she like remembers things or doesn't. And I don't remember <laughs> what one it is. <laughs> she like falls. <laughs> <laughs> she forgets everything or not. Interesting. Yeah. Or interesting in a different way. <laughs> exactly. But I think Reese Witherspoon produced it. Mm. So. She does like her. They, yeah, didn't they she's work great. together? No, I'm thinking of Carrie. Uh, Carrie Washington. Washington. Also great. Oh, but Gugu did work on. San Junipero. I was going to say The Morning Show. Oh, that's. So, yes, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just that we were naming things. Uh, Kevin also directed uh, on Snowfall. Show I've not watched. It's show, about cocaine. A show about drug dealing that cool. neither of us watch. That's fun. So this episode I can divide into four plots. Four plots. We got Jughead moves into a dead man's home. Mm, I do like that. Yeah. We've got Dude, Where's My Car? Mm, this is going to be hard. On Educating White People. Okay. And Great Concert. Should have been there. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, let's let's do Tony's plot. Okay. And then we'll move into concert. And then I feel like Jughead should be last because that's kind of like the bulk of the thing. Well, the bulk of the thing is the car. Well, yeah, but, but like the, 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 the cliffhanger. The arc of the season is more connected to Jughead. Too. Yeah. All right. We think. Who knows? Honestly, it <laughs> what, what, whatever. This Where's thing, Ethel? It doesn't even have an ending. It's just like, and they just lived in the 50s. And like, that's the end of the show. I'd also be fine with that. <laughs> I really would. I would need someone to say something. Yeah, you would throw your laptop. I'm, I'm kind of losing my mind over here. I know. It's wild. The Black Athena Literature Club talks about the Invisible Man. We have five black characters. Three of them have names. One of them is a series regular. And they're all in a scene talking about Allison's writing. It's Clay, Tony. And then who are the other people, though? And Clay, Tony, Tabitha. Yeah. And two other people. And two other people. Don't, don't know names. them. I think they're new. I don't think they're named. Okay. I'm not. I. I. If the one guy was in season four, I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't he, remember. He didn't get lines in season four. I if know. that's true. No, I can't remember either. And there's some white lady disapproving in the corner who is never explained and never followed up on. <laughs> and it's fine. She can stay in the corner. These guys openly talk about like being gay in this group, and I'm just like, who okay. is this woman? Oh wait, I didn't even realize that. She's clearly not listening, so it's fine. 
So Tony gushes to Cheryl about how much he enjoys having a space where she can be openly black and talk about black issues with her black friends. And Cheryl's like, that's interesting. Could I be in this? <laughs> Cheryl, baby, <laughs> I saw through the window and I was like, what if I were there? Yeah. What if I were with you all the time? What if, I have an idea, you do it in my house all the time. We never leave my house. And we house. never leave my house. <laughs> Here's the thing. Cheryl eventually gets there, which I appreciate, but cringe she does. the whole it's, time. It's, it's a little bit of like a, and we decided she's there now. More yeah. than like a, I can't quite figure out the moment she learned the lesson, but that's because we didn't do the scene where she read the book. We just did the scene right. where she's, Thank she you, happens yeah. to say the right thing during the It's not a big deal. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's fine. She got there. It's fine. Yeah, Tony mentions that Clay has a crush on the writer James Baldwin, and Tony tells her to wait until the end of the semester. Yeah, Cheryl shouldn't be there at all. At least. Yeah. I'll do respect. This is no. kind of like a Tony thing. But... Yeah, let her have her thing. She had a whole episode, like two episodes ago, where she was like, I really need my own thing with my black friends. And then Cheryl was like, I will bite my tongue for one episode, mm -hmm, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is kind of another weird kind of like false drama thing of Tony thinks it's going to be a problem. And then it turns out to be fine. Right, yeah. And then Cheryl also learns the lesson besides she won't even try anymore. Yeah, I think, well, I think... And they do it without having to engage each other in, a, in any kind of tough, tough conversation. Yeah, that is fair. I will say, like, I do feel like sometimes in this case, what Tony needed was to have this space and Cheryl realized the space was important. Right. Kevin humbly brags to Cheryl that he was invited to Black Athena to hear Kevin, Clay's every, latest poem. Every fucking time I try to like you, Kevin, my God, please. Ke Kevin's like, I'm on cloud nine. I'm openly <laughs> gay with the guy I like and invited to the cookout. Well, it really sucks to be you, Cheryl. Sorry. Cheryl comes back to Tony and says, hey, Kevin was allowed in. And that guy joins cults, so yeah, if you're you going to let wanna, anybody in. Right, no, Kevin should not be invited to most group activities. He he has a problem with groups. It's right. not good. So frustrated, Tony hands the new book, Native Son, to Cheryl. I don't know this book. They actually made a series of it, I think, fairly recently. I've not read it. I think I may have Did watched you? I think I may have watched oh, it. Oh, hell yeah. But I can't remember anything about it. Because what yeah. I do is I watch things and I fall asleep. Tells the story of 20-year-old Bigger Thomas, black youth living in utter poverty in a poor area on Chicago's south side in the 1930s, while not apologizing for Bigger's crimes, Wright portrays a systemic causation behind them. Did you ever read any of the books in school that they mention? No. The only one that I read was Their Eyes Are Watching God, and I remember enjoying it, but I really blocked out a lot of things that I read in high school, so. I read some W.E.B. Du Bois in school and I think some Baldwin. It always felt a little like it was impossible to get into black authors in the school setting because they were always presented in the manner of like, you have to eat your vegetables. Interesting. Of like, it's that time of the year, it's Black History Month, time to read your book about the black struggle. And all the books we ever read by black authors were books about the black struggle. But it, it, it never felt like an engaging read that I chose to have. And so it always felt like homework when I read those books. Interesting. I, I mean, I do think that if you're not maybe learning from black teachers, that could be part of it too. Like, yeah, that might be part of it. Uh, years later, I, I, on my own volition, read the autobiography of Malcolm X and it was a great read. 
but it's like I chose it, you know? Yeah, but that's like everything in school. <clears throat> I Totally, and I don't know how you solve for that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of why I didn't engage with a lot of books when I was reading them in school was because I like to read, and it wasn't that I didn't want to read the books that were assigned, but it felt very much like, I mean, this is how I was with school, I think, in general. It was kind of like, how can I get the best grade and do like as little work as possible, which I think is like terrible, and looking back at it now. I mean, yeah, but every class had you doing like a million things. Right, exactly. Time. And I think that's kind of the issue with education in general. It's kind of like, oh, you want to learn but also it's like we're on this grading system yeah, where you're on a clock yeah it's like less about oh let's like engage with the material so that we have the most like rich experience with it and a little bit more like you gotta just do it figure it out as best as possible and then like move on and i think that was like the issue with a lot of things in english even though i had great teachers i didn't feel like i was maybe looking deeply into the text because I was kind of like, well, we're going to have a quiz on it. I got to pass the quiz, right. etc. Or it's like, oh God, I got to do this reading. I've been too busy living a life for the past couple of days. And yeah. now I got to read three chapters tonight for to discuss tomorrow. Yeah. And it won't live in my head after that. Yeah, absolutely. But that's with so much of school in general. I mean, there was a lot of things that I did really like and then revisited later. But a lot of things I just like will never revisit. Well, Black Athena talks about Native Son, and from their perspective, it's a cautionary tale about white ignorance, about how stepping out of your box puts a target on your back. And Clay finds a way to mention uh, James Baldwin, <laughs> which Kevin points out. <laughs> He's like, "You love James Baldwin." You're well, in love I think James Baldwin, aren't you? I did like that this scene was. It gave everybody different perspectives on the book. Yeah, it wasn't like oh. All these characters have no, the same perspective I, on it. Hey, I was surprised the two the two other kids even spoke. Right? Yeah. I was expecting them to just be like, mm-hmm, the right. whole scene. And yeah, but it there was, was like good. a bunch of yeah. There was a real dialogue, like a real discussion. Then Clay <laughs> turns to Cheryl, and he asks if she has anything to add, and she thinks the bad family in the book kind of <laughs> looks the, like her own. Crazy. Are we the baddies? Oh my god. Yes, Cheryl. In literally every conceivable <laughs> timeline, possibility, anything that is bad is the Blossoms. She's glad to have read the book and is here to learn better herself. Yeah. And honestly, this version of Cheryl is so much better than any version of Cheryl. Right, right. We've ever got it. They have, this is an extremely tame version of Cheryl. Yes. She is not as chaotic neutral i guess is this normal. cheryl would never say time for some chaos no she wouldn't believe that no and no. she would never practice witchcraft or summon her oh great great ancestors ghost into a doll or whatever did you also forget that happened until just now because it's like I, as i said it it yeah. all started clicking back into my exactly brain. yeah julian is a doll <laughs> julian was a doll he was a doll and penelope was living in the walls right right moving the doll around <laughs> i really love the fact that this show <laughs> The writers clearly watched movies that I've watched. Right. Like, The Boy is one of my favorite films. It's not a movie, it's a film. I don't know of if that's course. true, but it is a movie it's, I really enjoy. Yeah, it was a shot on film. It was probably shot on film. I don't know. Who knows? But From, although, by that definition, we can call any digital movie a, a video. Oh, it's a video, yes. <laughs> and just yeah. piss people off. The Boy, off. one of my favorite videos <laughs> of all time. It, it is a good movie, and uh, I'm happy it influenced Riverdale in such an extreme way. So they ask Cheryl if this is her first novel by a black author. And uh, Clay tells her that he has a syllabus he'd be jazzed to share with her. 
She's like, can you just send me like a spreadsheet? And he's like, that doesn't exist yet. No, sorry, 1950 <laughs> something. I, I wrote this. <laughs> I wrote, yeah, wait, so he has a list of things. That Did he she... typewrite it? Do they have photos? Let me throw this to the mimeograph real quick to make you a copy. Right, do they have, so he she has to just look at it and memorize it. There's no like copy. Machine. Maybe she has to share it with Kevin now. And she's like, Kevin, can you hand me the syllabus? How do people do tests in this world? Do you, they, they like have, do you, do you, do you remember ever do like the blue, the blue book tests? Yes. I think it was a lot more of that kind of stuff. So did they write it on the board? They might've been like a projector of like putting wow. it up or something maybe. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. That's so annoying. They can copy pages though. I guess. Again, I think the mimeograph did exist by this point. We had gone to war. <laughs> World War <laughs> twice. So they, I guess there are typewriters. Yeah, yeah, right. Those exist. Yeah, huh? I don't know. You could. Tell I got me... a call out from Beth, by the way, during oh, our last wait, one. She's like, "You didn't consider that in this time period, women can open bank accounts." Oh no! <laughs> we why? What happened? What did we say? We were just talking about like why is Alice so worried about Betty? Why wouldn't she just explain oh, what would be so bad about Betty's lifestyle? And... No. <laughs> oh, that's so true. It was a bad time. Probably for couldn't everyone. buy a car. No, you can do anything, I guess. They, well, they definitely couldn't have credit cards. They didn't exist, did they? Fuck, why don't I know anything? I think credit cards didn't exist by the time. I don't know. We'll see. Credit. The idea of credit existed. Existed by the 50s. But were there cards? Did we have plastic cards with magnetic strips in them? Doubt it. Yeah, don't think so. But they might have done the like ka chunk, cha chunk kind of thing. Wow, that's annoying. Man, it was an annoying time to be alive. <laughs> I'm so happy these kids are eventually going to go back to the nuclear landscape of 2023. Yeah, yeah. Although some guy on TikTok recently put out like a video talking about how much more interesting the designs of like refrigerators and ovens were. Yes, back in, I like, saw the this. 60s they were where so pretty. They had, like, over, you, you would have like the fridge was like the upper bit, mm -hmm. bit of your kitchen maybe and, and like just... Simplicity of manufacturing design kind of forced all of our fridges to be boring now. Yeah. Did you see the TikTok of the girl listening to uh, cassette tapes from the late 1900s? No. It's like this Gen Z girl discovering cassettes. Oh, like from 1995? And like, right. And yeah. saying, calling it the late 1900s. I and hate just that. every millennial and Gen X is like duetting what? this and be like, what the fuck? You know, Ian's car still has a tape deck, and like he regularly listens to. He tapes. would though. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah, that makes insane. perfect sense for Ian. I know this is what you get Ian, for Ian's, time traveling boyfriend. Ian is probably an immortal being who's been like, <laughs> I got this live recording from the seventies at Woodstock. Let me just chop that in there. So this is about nothing, kind of. But we were watching this movie called Sound of My Voice. Jacob, if you're listening, we'll talk about this later. Um, but. Sound of My Voice is with Britt Marling, and in the movie, she's a cult leader who says she's from 2020, 2054. And so one of the people in her group is like, can you sing us a song from 2054? And she starts singing Dreams by the Cranberries. <laughs> and then somebody says, like, that is from the 90s and not from 2054. And she gets so mad, and she's <laughs> like, I don't know. It's a cover band in my time. Do you know music from the 1980s? <laughs> it's, like, very funny. <laughs> That's a good bit. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> they stopped being original. Tony thought the meeting went better than expected. She was worried there would be more discomfort. She thought there would be drama in this in this storyline. Cheryl was like, no, no drama. Nope. She was worried she wouldn't say the right thing at first, but she thinks Tony is right to protect her space. 
probably could show read a book that was like i'm the bad guy right okay i should leave so they can talk about me yeah i just think that i thought cheryl would get like defensive you yeah. know like everyone who's like you can't teach the 1619 project or whatever she'd right. be like stop saying i'm evil for being what i am yeah i am happy that it didn't go that way because that would have enraged me i think agreed do you think there should have been some drama here or are you fine with this working out so well for everybody? I think because it's like a C plot and not a main plot that it's kind of nice to highlight. One, it's nice that we actually showed this club happening instead of Tony being like, and It's I, going great. Right, exactly. And it's kind of nice where it's like, okay, yeah, you don't actually get to be included in like this space and that's fine. You can still enrich yourself without your black friends teaching you about this in a way that would take away from like their own personal safe space within it. That makes sense. Yeah. In the future, Shell promises that she'll show up for the public events, stay out of the private meetings, read the books from Clay's list, and Tony invites Cheryl to the concert that night with Midge, which is good because Cheryl's driving. Right. <laughs> right. And here's the thing. You will be driving me and You're your friends. And Midge. Yeah. It'd be great. Where would you like to go next? Let's go with the car, right? Or, the car? or the concert. No, let's do the Concert's concert. Concert's real short. Concert's real short. Let's do the concert. Great concert. Should have been there. So fun. Loved it. Fangs has some great news for oh. Midge. He has been quietly becoming a rock star in Good the background. For him. He's got a performance in Centerville, which is, I guess, like the Shelbyville of Riverdale. Sure. Where uh, music scouts will be. It's just like football. Amazing. <laughs> There's just guys in the audience going, kid, you got the stuff. <laughs> how long before he becomes a rich and famous musician? Because he had three months. Uh, how long has it been? I don't Midge know. Midge still ain't showing. Right, no. Midge wants to go to the show, but he tells her not to come because it's going to be in the rough part of Centerville. Sure. This idea is never brought up again, never conversed about, and no one is ever worried about this ever again. So do you think they just cut this scene? I don't understand. Because <laughs> have... why even say it? Yeah. <laughs> if she she could have just been like, hey, I have a thing I might not be able to make it. And he'll be bummed and then find out she can't make it. Right, right. Or I wondered if maybe there was like a more dramatic way to do this where it was like he didn't want her to come right. for whatever reason. It's another thing where it's like, is there any reason he wouldn't want her to be there? And right. instead, well, you don't get to see the concert. Of course right. you don't get to see the concert. I think that this was in the script probably where they were like, and they all go to the concert. And it's really fun. And it's like he sings a song and they have a big musical moment. Right. And then the producer was like, well, I know what we're cutting right, first. Right. <laughs> Get out of here. Exactly. Location, people, music. Music. What do you think this show is? Riverdale? <laughs> <laughs> oh. We hear uh, Cheers and the same Fangs rendition of Tutti Frutti that we heard earlier this season. So that's not a double cost at all. And all of that is just audio played as Fangs just kind of walks through the school hallway where everybody in school appears to have been at the show. So if everybody went, <laughs> what were you talking about? <laughs> right, it was in a rough part of Centerville, but it's fine because your entire school was there. Right, and then he's even like, I can't believe you came, but I'm grateful you did. Yeah. Cool. I just, it's like, it wasn't even a problem. <laughs> it was just like a line. Right, right. Anyway, he got a business card from a music producer at Phantom Rock Records. Love that. that means. Love that for him. I'm going to look that up. Phantom Rock means anything. But that's the entire, that's their entire storyline. I love this Midge. This Midge is great. She just has a nice way about her. I'm like, I feel like you will be a good teen mom. I also think it's really funny that they were like, Fangs and Kevin could not be together in this world. 
Like, he has to be... This is the straightest Fangs has seemed in a long time. Well, it just feels, like, very strange to me that, um, that, like, they couldn't have put Fangs and Kevin together. They needed clay. Right. It would have just condensed the plot a little bit. I see. It doesn't seem like Fangs is... Fangs just doesn't seem to... What is the plot? Right. That's Good the question. question, right? It's like, what is the plot? Is this necessary? <laughs> we can't possibly know right now. Does Fangs becoming a rock star bend the moral arc of the universe? Does anyone in the writer's room know they said that in episode one of the season? What if they never go back to the present, but what if they just grow up and we just see them as like old people in 2023? I don't know. What if? And like, Would like, that be satisfying for you? I don't know. It might be. We'll see. We'll see where everyone ends up. I had a realization. I had a thought during the episode, which was like, if they put on the beanie, then they remember. That oh, could be the be rule, fun. right? And then you have everyone wearing the beanie in one episode, and walking so around. Cool. <laughs> oh, would they remember? And then immediately upon taking off the beanie, they would, they would forget. forget. Yeah, yeah. That would be. That would suck. Actually. <laughs> right, because yeah. like Cheryl would be so pissed that's oh. like to do this, I have to wear this beanie. <laughs> I don't think she should do it. I don't think she should make that. Choice. She would. She would be no. like, I'm sorry, I can't do I it. Can't. I don't need to know what I. But did. also, she has everything she could want in the 50s. Yeah, weirdly, this is like a pretty good. Everyone's group. better off now than they were before. Reggie has two parents who don't seem to be in conflict with each other. Right, that's true. I would say that like. They are personally in a better place, but the culture is bad. <laughs> the world around them is worse, but right. they all seem better off. Yeah. No, I would say... Because it's less edgy. Yeah. I, they're, yeah, like right now within this context of like Riverdale High School, the day-to-day seems better. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, we have like the 60s, the 50s, um, you know, more overt bigotry and racism and stuff like that, which is bad. Right, but not among the student population. Right, yeah. There isn't, at most, we have uh, uh, Julian, who has shown tendencies towards racism and sexism, but... Well, he is a doll. He's not a new character, or he is not an original character. Right. And all of our original characters are all uh, morally unchanged. That is very interesting because he is not within the scope of the Riverdale comic world. Correct. And neither is Uncle Frank. Correct. And I just want to point that out that Uncle Frank sucks. Not in this episode for some reason, but in every other episode. Frank's like, I remember when I fucked my first car. <laughs> oh my God. But your Uncle Frank is actually pretty good. I have to say, that's a very accurate Uncle Frank voice. Is that, we should go there next, right? Oh yeah. Dude, sure. where's my car? Dude, <clears throat> where's my jalopy? So Archie thinks Marilyn Monroe is sexier than Elizabeth Taylor. Sure. Which is really, he just thinks Betty's hotter than Veronica. Oh, you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Though I would say, yeah. <laughs> oh, do you have a different opinion? No, I don't know. I guess brunette versus blonde, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. I think that Veronica, maybe, mm, no. Yeah, your thing was right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Frank's list is uh, Sophia Loren, uh, Bridget Bardo. Eartha Kitt, who played Catwoman. Yes, of course. And Elizabeth Taylor. 
Marilyn Monroe isn't even on his list. Like, yeah, get her out of here. That's insane. But okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy thing to say, Frank. <laughs> yeah, they can all be on your list. You have a long list. Reggie told Archie so. And Frank's like, this is great because this means you're still straight. I love that. <laughs> so you can have your car back. Yeah. That's all it takes to earn my love. Yeah, Frank sucks. Prove your masculinity. You're good, kid. Wait, where is the mom? <laughs> this legitimately, later in the storyline, there's one of the greatest scenes that Riverdale has ever produced. And it huh. just made me think that Archie needed to have a conversation with his mom about it immediately afterwards. Is it, is it about Reggie? It's is... when he's sitting and he turns on the lamp. He's like, do you have any idea what time it is? Oh, yeah, that was cute. Very cute. It's one of my favorites of all time. <laughs> and then it's like, Reggie was like, I took it on the highway. And he's like, you took my car. You can kind of tell there's new writers on this because they do take, that's like a direction that I don't think anyone else on the show like would a, go in yeah. is two goofy teen boys getting into a wrestling match on the side of the street. Yeah. It was no cute. one else has done that on this show. Well, this show feels very, not sitcom-y. This episode feels not sitcom vibes, but like kind of like that. Like a... Characters are acting a little bit more in a sitcom mode. Yes. Yeah. A little broader, but in a good way, in a fun way. It's very fun. Yeah, it's so fun. See, the way these two teen boys are horny, are horny for this car. <laughs> Reggie, despite no longer being from a dealership family, is still a car guy. Loves cars. And the backstory of the car is unchanged. Archie fixed it up with his dad, and then Fred went to Korea. Right. Uh, and now Archie has a Korean friend. And who's gonna... <laughs> Interesting. Oh, yeah. Huh. Huh. Uh, Archie and Fred fix it together, and the boys decide to play hooky to drive around. But then they eventually go to school. Uh, we actually do leave the back lot of wherever they shoot Riverdale and drive yeah, around, crazy. which feels like it's the first time that's happened in a very long time. Well, you said it was the first episode since Labor Day. Sure, but that's, I just mean like leaving the back lot at all. In general, all, yeah. We haven't done in a long time. True. Uh, but yeah, we haven't driven this car around in a longer time. And it looks like a very tight fit with two uh, full-grown 30-plus-year-old men <laughs> sitting in it, like shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> There's like the one shopping behind them. That's too much. This car is so ugly. It's re- it's a real it's a real arm around a slender person kind of car. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like this car, also it has no top, and they live in a place where it gets very it has cold. no top or hood right over the engine, which right. is great because I I I I know Riverdale is in, and I'm doing air quotes here, New York State, sure, but it's also in Vancouver, British Columbia, right. <laughs> Where it does rain. <laughs> it rains. The engine can freeze. Yeah. I just feel like they could have fixed that. Right. Betty and Veronica compare Marlon Brando and Paul Newman. So basically Reggie and Archie. Nice. Betty would marry Paul, but if she's doing uh, like like screw, marry, kill, she would screw Brando. Yeah, so and I... kill her mom, I guess. Right, <laughs> I, uh, I just know that Betty would make a really good heiress to the salad dressing fortune. That would so. be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, and the salsa. Yeah, see? Yeah. Fortune. She, Betty is loving her mom, divorcing from her life. Don't even ask about <laughs> it. It's all going great. The boys drive by and the girls get horny. As they do. Uh, so Veronica asks Reggie out again. He asks her what's changed. He says it's a new episode. I just feel like a new person. <laughs> he goes to Archie to ask uh, to borrow the car since Archie has no plans. And Archie says, what the heck? You can go for it. 
He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He will regret this, however. It's really cute because they just learned some Spanish. So they're like, mi casa et su casa. Oh my God. Wait, really? I don't Yeah, no, I think the chemistry between Charles and KJ is off the charts this week. It's very cute. They're it's very sweet. incredible. Why and only this... further makes it clear that Jughead is not friends with Archie. I know. Who... This is something that I was saying this whole time. I was like, I understand that they needed to give Reggie a plot to justify him being on the show still. But it's like, when was the last time Archie and Jughead chatted? About anything. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit strange. I was thinking, and I was thinking I would bring this up later during the Tabitha Jughead stuff, but it does seem like the minute Tabitha was introduced, Jughead stopped having any reason to hang out with the friends that yeah, his character sure. has had for all these years. And it does feel like when he, that character is always locked into a one-on-one relationship with someone. Yeah, that's very true. And when that was Betty, that put him at the center of a lot of these storylines with the rest of the kids. But as soon as it became Tabitha, she didn't have a relationship with anyone else. And so it just kind of became, sometimes we check in on the Jughead Tabitha show. Right. And now this season, anytime Tabitha comes back to town, she is relegated to the Jughead show. Yeah, or Tony a little bit, but mostly Jughead. Right. So, yeah, I wonder, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't think that's a problem with the characters i just think that's like a a clearly a focus choice that they're either subconsciously or consciously making behind the scenes part of me wonders if it's a scheduling thing maybe if maybe cole sprouse and i'm just i literally am just guessing i have no idea i wonder if maybe there are other commitments at work where it's yeah. easier to be like jughead's gonna be a mostly solo character or we'll assign like one person to him so we don't have to have him shooting you know whatever seems like they all get along so i don't think it's like a personality no it doesn't seem like the actors have issues with each other this is based off a comic strip where like each character is known for one thing like everybody has like their one skill or whatever and if you're solving a crime and you like have problems you keep running into it would be a great way to shake things up to like every week be like oh i have a different friend who has a different skill that could help me with this specific problem. Yeah. And like everyone gets a little bit of time with everyone. And this show has always gone more the route to like lock into one relationship and just hammer it for an entire season. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that now what I'm happy about is that now that it's not Betty, Betty and Veronica get to hang out. That's interesting. And that's yeah. a this year thing more than... Oh, yeah. Like Veronica specifically this year, it's like been a huge reclamation project, it feels like, to like not have a parent thing mm-hmm. and until recently barely have a job yeah. <laughs> so that she would do stuff with other cast members. Yeah, I like it. It's working. I think that's why I really like this season. Yeah, that's, that's really what it is. Yeah. Cars. Betty swings by Archie's locker and asks him out that night. Archie won't have his car that night. And she suggests they could take the bus or walk. Right. And Archie's like staring. He's like, but, but I own a car. I did, I did not understand this like scene. I was like, is he upset? Why is he upset? He's like, what is what, what am I supposed to do? Go on a date without a car when I have a car, but don't have my car? He's yeah. just like losing it. He's like breaking down a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I know. I was like, Betty is very unsure. You Betty, keep rejecting Betty right. for random reasons. Which so. is like the way Betty came in. She wanted it so bad. <laughs> He really, he really fumbles on this line. Archie notoriously fumbles the bag when it comes to Betty, so. Mm. They do go out to Pops, and Betty tells Archie that she's totally happy and fine now that she doesn't talk to her mom. It's fine. (laughs) And she's bringing up on her own to let people know not to ask about it, because she's totally fine. Totally healthy, normal. Uh, She says the word wheel. Archie looks for his car. (laughs) He totally wants to be here with her. But he is so horny for his car right now. 
Oh, it's such a weird plot line, but I like it. It's really cute. He's like looking around, and I think this is a funny bit where he's like looking around for Reggie, and like, why wouldn't they go to Pops? There's nowhere else to go except Pops. And I was, I, and I think I was like, okay, well, there's a bijou, there's a dark room, end of list. There's a hotel Do, where you can go. I don't the think toilet. they serve food in the dark room. Oh no, they. I think I think no, Archie like, has been eating exclusively at Pops his entire well, life. There is one restaurant for sure. I think there was Chinese at one point. So, not sure where it is though. I just remember they had takeout at one point. There's a, it's a ghost kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly in, in Pops. <laughs> Reggie comes home to find Archie waiting in the dark beside a lamp worried sick (laughs) he's like do you have any idea what time it is he imagined Reggie in a ditch somewhere oh they care about each other but it's also everything Mary said in episode one about the fears of a car and because she's not in this episode Archie never puts two and two together that he might have learned something oh where is Mary Marvel. Mm, Marvel. Marvel's Reggie tells, Marvel movie. Reggie tells Archie he wanted to uh, take the car onto the freeway to joyride. <gasps> and then he asks if he's grounded. Oh, I'd be like, baby. He's not driving that car again, that's for sure. So uh, Archie asks Frank, who does that to a friend? And Frank introduces Archie to the concept of sharing. <laughs> As empathy. <laughs> right. So like, I had a brother when I was your age. <laughs> Oh. Reggie has never had access to the world Archie grew up in or any we, of these things. We love Reggie. And also, it seriously wasn't a big deal. <laughs> I I truly cannot empathize mm-hmm. with Archie's perspective on this because um, it's a car. It's not a car, but sure. Whatever it, it is. It's a car. Like thing. And your buddy came home all right. And if cell phones existed, you would have just shot him a text and he would have been that like, is- I'm fine. And then you would have been like, Cool. So it's really a communication issue, obviously. That is a weird thing. I was thinking about the lack of cell phones a lot in this episode because we also have Betty and Veronica like leaving. Right. They could have been like, are they dead? Right. That's what I was thinking. I was like, they had a serial killer, like the milkman, and now these girls are missing. Let's hope they're okay. But that was never a question. Yeah. Milkman didn't show up in Centerville. There was no danger in Centerville. No, it was totally fine. Betty and Veronica check in with each other and say that both of the boys were terrible last night, but don't put two and two together that it was the car for some reason. Right. Well, because I guess Archie says the car. Does does Veronica? Oh, yeah. They wanted to go driving. He was like checking her his watch. And yeah, they right. wouldn't stop to make out anywhere. He just wanted to keep driving. Yeah. They ask if they should swap partners. Okay, good. I don't think that... Uh, you've taken your partners into account. Right. Uh, no. I don't think Archie wants Veronica anymore. Right. Full stop. I think he's done with you. Yeah. Clearly Reggie could go either way. I think Reggie and Betty actually might be a cuter match, personally. We're going to find out. Yeah. Veronica suggests a double date to Fangs' concert in Centerville. How did they find out? I don't know. It's She's a- like, it's going to be in the nicest part of town. <laughs> no danger. It's beautiful over there. And that, that midge won't be there, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> What's the thing? It was the other two, right? Where it's like, we're all going to go to Ella DeGeneres' birthday party. It yes. was really cool. Ellen promised not to show up so right. everyone would have a good right. time. Exactly. It's so good. Archie apologizes to Reggie and vice versa. And then they see the girls beside the car with full plans for dinner and a concert. I can't imagine saying no to that. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, sure. That sounds like a good time. Even if I don't recognize that it's a date, I'd be like, that's a fun night. Yeah, it sounds good. But the girls are upset at dinner because the boys managed to find car magazines to drool over. <gasps> Y'all, it's right outside. 
Go back to the what? car. Right. This is like, this is too much. This is beyond the pale. I think they just like having a thing that they like to do together. Right, right, for sure. But the it's girls cute. have car stuff to talk about. Right. Well, Betty especially. Veronica's like, I rode with Steve McQueen. Betty, I didn't think this was true of 50s Betty, but it is. She has yeah. actual real world experience fixing cars with her dad. And Archie's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, wasn't Betty's thing in the comics, fixing cars? It was at least in the Mark Wade reboot. I don't know about classics. It just seems like an insane thing to keep true about Betty in the same episode where Archie's like, and I fixed up a car with my dad and I love that. And then Reggie goes, oh, could you share that stuff with Betty? And Archie goes, no. Yeah. (laughs) What are you talking about? If this is true of her and you've known her forever, you would have known this about her. I could see her keeping this like on the DL because like it's a, not a girly thing. But she mentions it tonight at this dinner. Yeah. Um, continuity. You know who I think... It also doesn't make sense as something Hal would teach her in this time period. I don't know. Hal's a wild card, man. He is a weird guy. And a milkman. And probably the milkman. And not... I guess not, but maybe. You know who... Sydney Sweeney, the actress. Do I know of her? You've heard of her? Sure, yeah. Yeah. She fixes cars. And in my mind, she is really? like the real Betty from the comics, yeah. but in real life. Oh, no. And what the internet has... Well, the internet has not seen that. No, well... The, that, that has not... Everything I've learned about Sydney Sweeney, I have learned against my will. I like and her. And everything that filters to me through the internet is not about, it's not about her cars? interests or her brains. <laughs> no, she's actually... She, she does have a lot of social media posts. I could see that not... Not being filtered. No, your I way. totally believe she's cool <laughs> and talented. I'm just saying the internet's uh, perspective of this girl is like, girl, get off the internet. Oh, she's a babe though. I exactly. Like I like her, and she, um, I think she's very talented, but she fixes cars. That is cool. Girl, get <laughs> off the internet. <laughs> That's most celebrities. Yeah. Get off the internet. Girl, get off the internet. We should all get off the internet. Next thing we know, the hot rod is on the side of the road and the car is out of gas. And Archie's like, well, who drove the car so much and didn't fill it up with gas? I Have you ever had this experience of running out of gas? No, but my car has a little light that comes on that yeah. warns me and battery power. Uh, there, oh, now, nice. a buddy of mine in high school, my buddy Adam, uh, Adam Shout Smith, Adam. the famous economist oh, uh, wow, uh, yeah. in high school, he had a car that... <laughs> That light was broken on. Oh. In fact, the entire gas meter was broken. So he never knew how much gas he had. I'm sorry. That's insane. That's insane, right? That's a crazy thing. That's something that you can't not fix. And it seems like it shouldn't be hard to fix either. But what do I know? Adam would just be always like, I should probably fill up on gas. Like that was his attitude. What an insane way to live. It worked most of the time. And then one time. Right. We're getting updates on Snapchat or whatever we were using at the time that uh, Adam ran out of gas on 206 right by, uh, like, right, like just like a mile yeah. away from the nearest gas station. And, and Did just he get towed? He had like a bunch of our buddies in the car too. And they were like waiting for someone to go and get some gas and come back for them, I think. And, so and it was like could. a walk. So like the other ones were just kind of like hanging out on the side of the street and we were getting like picture <laughs> updates of like our buddy Ryan, like who... Because Adam's car just had stuff in it. There was like a chair in the back, a folding chair. They were able to bring it out. They opened up like a computer. Nice. They were doing some stuff. 
Sounds kind of like a nice time. <laughs> That's the thing. It seems like they were having a pretty chill time. Ryan can make anything seem like a pretty chill time, but... He really has to get that fixed. It That's... doesn't make any sense. That, that was at least a decade ago. Okay, well, Ryan, or Adam, <laughs> Adam Smith. Adam Smith needs to get his economy together. Exactly. And... Wow, wow. I did not expect that from such an acclaimed economist. Yeah, it's wow. crazy. The free market, <laughs> not so much in your gas can. I don't know what, that, what I was trying to say there. <laughs> You guys got it. I was making a metaphor. It was a joke. We're moving on. It's fine. It's fine. Well, Veronica suggests the same deal. Reggie, Archie, and Adam all have to go and get a tank of gas together and come back for them. Has this ever happened to you? No, never. Okay. My gas uh, will do You have the works. light thing. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Everyone should have it. Everyone should have that. And it's insane to drive without it. And I, I stand by that hardcore. Archie and Reggie walk down the road trying to hitch a ride together. Uh, can't Reggie ask Clifford Blossom for a car? Sure. She was like, that what? racist? No. Yeah. Can uh... I own my vehicle? Absolutely not. Cars cost like $10. Can't afford that. <laughs> Money isn't real. It's like four popcorns at the Beiju. Does Archie uh, see Reggie as a germ asking for handouts? Oh. They get into a whole big misunderstanding fight. Once again... And a car drives by them. A car that presumably is the same car that stops in front of, by Betty and Veronica. So Cheryl, Tony, and Midge could have picked up everyone. No. But they saw those who were like, keep driving. Get that. Cheryl, Tony, and Midge are all in the car together. And they say, right on. We're going to see Fangs too. Get in. And the girls get in and leave. This car is for the girls. Right. And yeah. you're not allowed to go with them. You're not allowed to see the show. He sang Tutti Frutti. He Again. sang Tutti Frutti. <laughs> you love when he sings Tutti Frutti. <laughs> He's a one-hit wonder. Right, exactly. Someone else's hit. Uh, if he sang doing that thing you do, I'd be really happy. Oh, I love that song. That song is not from the Not from the, no, 50s. it's from the 90s. Yeah, no, but it's a great song. And we could be happy. You know, I don't need to sing it. What if they sang, I'm in love with my car, <laughs> love with my car. Is that a real song? That's a Queen song. I didn't know that. Feel for the automobile. I really thought you just made that up. I'm not, like, I really... Mm -hmm. I almost titled the segment that, but I thought Dude Where's My Car would hit you specifically. Yeah. Did we, did we see... Okay, when we saw the, the Babylonian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody, did they sing that song? No. No, I think they did Bicycle. Right, Bicycle, I know. So that would have made more sense if he had a bicycle, but he has a car. <laughs> So it's crazy. Also, Queen wasn't making music at this point in time. Right. They were not alive. Yes. Yeah. They might have been alive. Maybe. But they would have been children. Right. And they weren't. Time is fun. Time is fun. Archie and Reggie vent to Pop. And Pop is like, well, screw it. I happen to have an extra car. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie, you want a car? I'll give you a car for free. It's... Just because I can't deal with this plot. I don't want this in my life. And luckily, because people like like me, just we just have cars sitting around. Right. I was like, cool. What a solution. That's great. And you know what's even better is that it is identical yeah. to Archie's car in every way. It is maybe even the same car that was the old version of Archie's car. It's quite possible. It's the same car. And then as uh, they go back to the girls, Reggie tells Archie that he uh, never went joyriding. He drove home to see his folks, but he can't admit to people that oh. he loves his parents. I know. Wow. Yeah, what a fucking loser. <laughs> Thank God he didn't admit that. <laughs> we would have mocked him so hard for so long. <laughs> Crazy. Archie says he's homesick for the home he had with his father. And that hits. That's some deep stuff. That's so sad. 
homesick for a place and time Oof. is real. Yeah. Archie says that he doesn't have a best friend he can share all these things with anymore because his dad was his best friend. And, and, who ca- is- and, and, and Reggie's like, well, what about beef soup? I mean, <laughs> soup can. Who is soup can? And, Jughead, and Archie's like, I don't know Jughead Jones. I do not know that guy. We're not friends. I don't know who's spreading that rumor. <laughs> he He's like, never talked to me a day in my life. He seemed to have a mental breakdown on like the first day of school. Yeah. So I helped him out. He called in a group of people I've never hung out with before. <laughs> into one room and was like we're all from the future and luckily i told him to stop saying that and he did yeah so honestly it's fine and that's the last time i'll ever talk to jughead jones if that was your only interaction with jughead it would be fucking weird (laughs) it would be weird uh he follows up is betty your best friend and archie's like she's and he just kind of leaves it lingering and looks off a girl (laughs) i'm in love with her oh uh reggie tells archie that he called him good people to his parents and then they arrive at the car and the girls are gone. And presumably spent the rest of the night going, where are they? Are they okay? <laughs> yeah, this might Or, and this might call. be more likely, they just got in the car and drove around together for hours. I love it. Best friends. And then Reggie went home and told this bearded lizard, and feel like we had the best time. <laughs> <laughs> lizard? Didn't he actually have a lizard? No, that was all in my head. <laughs> no, but like, wasn't there a thing with the lizard? Like, we, we predicted oh, it. Oh, did he like talk to a lizard yeah, at one point? Yeah, it was really <laughs> weird. It was like a really weird, like, Remember when he was going to take like ventriloquism classes yes. and like that didn't happen? <laughs> weird. I forget what's real and not. Did they ever make that amusement park? Is that, is that real? <laughs> it, Hiram Land is canon. It's canon. Oh, if only they could get the parking together. Oh, right? man. This one spot is a movie theater, unfortunately. No, that's yeah. the thing. We gotta shut it down. Oh, oh but his daughter bought it, and now she's making a whole ruining thing. Ruining the whole economy of Riverdale once again, Veronica. It's famously doing that. Archie walks in on Reggie working on his car, Bella. <gasps> and Archie offers a hand, but Reggie already asked Betty, and then she walks in in her cute little coveralls with like, her name on and everything. Uh, and she tells them that they missed a great show, should have been there. Oh, crazy. <laughs> and Archie just is so hilariously uncomfortable with this. KJ is performing the comedy very well in these He's scenes. He's great. It is all much broader than Riverdale much usually is. And sometimes it took me out of it. But damn, was he good. He's so good. I think he would really be a great comedian. I think he... <clears throat> or com- comedic actor. I think he and uh, Max Greenfield kind of tap into a similar kind of yeah. comedic energy. Yeah, for sure. Right? I could see that. Yeah. Like yeah. You can do like pent up straight lace kind of well. Do you ever think about what they're gonna do next? Like Riverdale must take up so much of these, the time. I think I think it's interesting that on Instagram I saw a bunch of posts about them doing the table read for the final episode. Yeah, I think they are still in production. They have not been shut down. And I I I wonder if their attitude is like, please don't let us get shut down. <laughs> we're so close. We're almost out of there. I don't know what they're gonna do next. I feel like. Cammy will be in some Netflix stuff. For sure. I feel like we don't know where we'll see Betty next. Uh, Lily, but I I kind of have higher expectations from her than most of them. Yeah, me too. You know, Cole will keep doing like Max or Apple TV movies or something. That makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't... I. I I think KJ's a wild card, and I think Cher, I think Mad- Madeline is a wild card. I know, I know. I I think Madeline's gonna have a Shay Mitchell like career personally. Where she which, disappears? No, no. Shay Mitchell's around. She actually is like thriving in the business space as well. But Shay Mitchell will be in like 
She'll be like not the love interest, but like the second love interest in like a so you think rom com. Do you think Madeline's gonna be in business? Yes, I think she'll have like a very successful like brand. Why? I, I don't know what she will do yet because she has a ton of Instagram followers and a YouTube following, just like Shay Mitchell. Hmm. When I say business, I don't mean like sh- like Veronica business. Like I mean like she'll create some kind of a product. Like Shay Mitchell has like um. It's called BAs, B-E-I-S, and it's, like, luggage. That's awesome. And I think that Madeline is going to create, like, some, like, vegan leather handbag line or something that everybody loves. And it won't even be, like, oh, that's definitely Madeline Petch's brand, but it'll be, like, associated with her, but the brand will be more significant than, like, her like her name on it. Does that make sense? Like... I mean, I, I, it wouldn't work on me, but well, because it's not. It, so I, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. If you, if you knew Shay Mitchell's career as intimately as I do, yeah, you would get it. Right. I. But also, like, I'm the type who, when I see a celebrity endorse the thing, I'm like, cool. So not that one. Right. I know what you're saying. I think that there's a difference, though, between products made by celebrities that are good and products made by celebrities that are bad, and the good ones really pop, and the bad ones look cheap, like cash grabs. I think the good ones are the ones they don't put their names on. Well, they don't put... That's the thing. She doesn't have her name on it. Oh, you just know it's, like, owned by her. I know... You know it's owned by her. Right. I don't know if everybody else would necessarily know. I'm, like, prejudging a career Madeline might have, <laughs> but you're right. just manifesting things. I'm just manifesting it. I hope she's a billionaire. Well, I want to Obviously, I want to see them act, so I don't care about that. Sure. <laughs> I want to see them either create TV shows or be in TV shows. So I'm like, oh, business, not super exciting. Yeah, well, I think I think they'll all work for sure. Apparently, Charles Walton might get like an Oscar nomination. So or what was he in? He was in um, a Todd Haynes movie that's like premiered at um, Cannes. So Jughead moves into a dead man's home. <laughs> Remember last week when Sheriff Keller said he needed help from Jughead? Yeah, then no. He was like, hey, I was just stopping by. Do you know if Brad had any family? <laughs> and he's like, he might have had a wife. It's like, well, I tried. And then he leaves. <laughs> And that's like, that's all I want from you. And that's all the plot we're doing this week. All cool, right. that's it. We're done. He's like, okay, cool. Uh, and then Mr. Fieldhill, Fieldstone tells Jughead that Brad's checks do go somewhere. And that's he's important. Like, Great seeing you this week. I'm not going to be in the rest of this episode. And then cool. he leaves and I'm left thinking, could that money have paid for a concert of some kind or one new recording of a song? Or... Nah. Okay. So Jughead tells Tabitha that checks were being sent somewhere. And they wonder if they should break into Brad's apartment and see if there's evidence he didn't kill himself. I bet he didn't kill himself. It's just like, this all could have been what he learned reading the books last week. What if every book he read last week was like, to June? And he was like, who's June? And then he called June. Yeah, there was probably an easier way to do this. With the pacing and the structure of this season. I know. It's it's, so strange. It's kind of, what happened to Ethel's parents? Where is Ethel? Why does no one care? Why did we spend so many episodes on Ethel if we're going to be like, I don't know about her, but now that this guy is dead, we should really start paying attention. I know. I know. It's a little bit weird. It's fine. Once they're at Brad's home, which the more I look at it, is starting to look a lot like that apartment that Jughead and Tabitha used to live in together. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe it's the same set. Tabitha finds a photo of June Simpson, a black woman, and Brad Rayberry's wife, perhaps in secret. Yeah, I looked up Ray Bradbury, uh, who was married to a white woman. So this isn't based off any true thing about uh, Ray Bradbury. I liked when um, Tabitha showed the picture and she's like, June 1958. And he's He's like, like, ah, this picture was taken. (laughs) In June, and she's like, 
no, I think her name was June. And I would have thought the same thing about that Jughead thought, but it's fine. Jughead calls June and informs her about Brad's passing. She asks if he suffered and tells him she's coming as quick as she can. Ugh. Tabitha, reading a bunch of letters that doesn't sound like she asked for permission to read, <laughs> uh, loves Brad and June's love. Ugh. It's cute. They moved to South Carolina together, but their lives were threatened. A cross was burned in their yard, and the police wanted to arrest them. Uh, yes. This is why the 60s, not 50s, sorry, not great. 40s, even. Bad time. Really, really bad time. That's why Brad left. Planned to get enough money to move all together to Paris. Then why would he kill himself? I bet he didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a thought which happens is also like, maybe he didn't, Jughead. You've been saying this. You forgot. But curious. <laughs> Jughead tells Sheriff Keller that he believes Brad Rayberry was murdered. And Sheriff tells Jughead that Brad was a communist, a draft dodger, and a dope fiend. So, so there's that. Didn't think about that, did you? <laughs> June arrives and tells Jughead and Tabitha about the final letter she received. So the last time we saw Brad, he was like getting dinner with Jughead, right? And he was like, yeah. hey, that book you found on the box that you read without my permission but said was good, I'm going to take another look at it. Amazing. And then he died that night. Oh, no. Her last letter from him is like, I'm so excited about this book. This book's going <laughs> to solve all of our problems. This book's going to get published and make us enough money to finally go to Paris. Our future is bright because of this book. Oh. When did he write this letter and Unclear. mail it? Unclear. The night, that night? and Like then... on the way home from the... <laughs> yeah, he's like, hold on, let me, let me stop Pulls by. over, yeah. <laughs> sends one quick letter, then goes back home to die. Perfect. Jughead asks about everything Sheriff said. June says, it's all true. Brad served in World War II and became addicted to opium due to a war injury. And then checked himself into rehab to get over it. He then went to some communist meetings during the bleakest parts of the Depression. Honestly, listen, a a, a communist draft dodger dope fiend sounds like a lot of people I know in L.A. Yeah, a lot of great. my very best friends. <laughs> I know. I was thinking, I was like, why are we defending? I'm like, that's not sheriff's like, what about those? And I'm like, sounds like a cool guy. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like a person I'd love to hang out with. Amazing. Brad Rayberry was an optimist, apparently. Didn't seem like it when we knew him, though. So then, who <laughs> killed him? He asks. And no. She's, oh, she's yeah. like, well, as a black woman, these white men are dangerous. <laughs> Which is fair. Mm-hmm. So what's next for Mrs. Simpson? She's going to bury Brad and try to get his novel published. Bury Brad Braybury. Wow, that's hard. Yeah, especially because it's Rayberry. Brr-brr-brr. Yeah, I'll never know. I'll never learn it. it sounds like a baby gurgling. Baby brr <laughs> She asks if Tabitha and Jughead are going steady. Oh, right. Tabitha's like, we're friends. I'm not even going to be in the next episode. Oh, no. (laughs) So Jughead and Tabitha get milkshakes. And she tells Jughead that she has to go back to her secret Marvel project. And she's like, hey, remember to send me homework this time. (laughs) He is not going to, girl. You could have also just said he did. They could have just said off screen, he did that thing. That was really nice. (laughs) You did that thing. Why say, oh, we forgot. (laughs) Oops, sorry. <laughs> it does feel like a Jughead thing to be so wrapped up in his own mind that he totally forgot this like cute girl asked him for a favor. Right. Did you get the vibe that he like was into Tabitha here? I couldn't tell. Um, I honestly don't think 
he knows what he's putting out into the universe. Yeah, the vibes are weird. But she definitely likes him. Well, he offers to send her letters too, which he likes. It's just so reserved, which is so weird because he was pretty straightforward with Veronica. Yeah. But this show, I'm not sure if anyone has actually agreed on what 50s Jughead is. Yeah. I think it might be the asexual thing again. I would like that, but I honestly can't tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell for sure. Jughead gets a knock on his new apartment door. Is he like forever living in this apartment? Truly (laughs) the most ridiculous moment I've ever seen occurs. A little old cat lady swings by cat in hand, (laughs) knocks on his door and goes, hey, do you have any milk? Uh, because she totally heard the clinking of milk bottles from the milkman the other night, the night that Brad died. Anyway, she hopes that isn't a massive revelation. Bye. Also, she, no, she specifically wanted the milk, the dead man. Right. She was like, that guy died, but I know there's still milk in this fridge because he got milk that night he died. What a weird thing to be like. Like, they probably should have played it like, oh my God, I had no idea he died. She was so excited because she knew he wasn't going to use that milk because he killed himself. That is what it feels like. Also, weird to kill yourself and not cancel your milk order. But anyway, I guess it doesn't matter because you're dead. So right, cares, but right. Yeah, that milk is going to smell eventually. I, I, I get No, but the point is the milkman was real and killed him. Although in what they show in the episode as opposed mm. to the trailer is that he doesn't do a color thing. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. Great. Cool. That's the end of the episode. Oh my gosh. Um, I have my best rest already, so I would like to share it. Go for it. Cheryl has this outfit that has like plaid and like a little bow, and it's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. I think Fangs, after his concert, mm. has this, I don't even know if it's an outfit or if it's just a swagger, but he looks <laughs> yeah. even better. He looks great. He has a jacket. It's like his hair's maybe gelled specially. He's got this denim jacket on, but he just... He looks like he's the king of the world, and it's very cool. Yeah. He seems to have a great father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his son's out there somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the music producer is his son, <laughs> being like, Dad, please. Please remember. It's like, I don't remember you. I'm a teenager. Oh, my God, little baby. What, what was his name? Baby Anthony? <laughs> a- Anthony Baby? Yeah. Baby. His name was Baby. baby. His name was Baby. The Baby Lion and Baby. That's right. I love it. That's right. Who is your uh, best boy or girl? I guess Tabitha. She really solved problems today. I was going to say Cheryl for driving everyone to the concert. That's fair. She also did do I that. Don't even, I didn't even know Midge knew Tony or Cheryl. <laughs> and now she's in the backseat of the car. I love that Tony's just casually drinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's, this is exactly why you get a designated driver girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Rumor mill? You want to turn that, that wheel in the rumor mill? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I have... So the milkman, I'm assuming, is maybe a racist? Yeah, I, he's like a white supremacist, I want to say, but I don't know what that has to do with Ethel's parents. Right. But at this point, I, I think we might just all move on and never talk about Ethel's parents ever again. They might just pretend that didn't happen, <laughs> that we might retcon that. I don't understand. this. The, the way they're doing season-long plots is starting to break me, and I know I say that every year. You do every year. Yeah. Who knows? Why is... They haven't changed. They haven't changed a single thing in all these years. <laughs> but you know what? We have 10 episodes left and they won't. That's what I'm saying, though. They're not gonna. And you're like, you can do a million things in 10 episodes, but we haven't. Yeah, yeah you can do a million things in 10 episodes, but we probably It's been not. 10 episodes and we've barely introduced a second murder. 
Well, we also are not anywhere near close to understanding whether the 50s is permanent. So, And no one's looking into it because the only character who, who, who knows the 50s is happening is a double of Aaron Westbrook, who is not a series regular anymore. Yeah, that is weird. Who says, I'm off working in the background doing the business. I don't know. Weird. It's super weird. And like, again, that wouldn't be a problem if there was a compelling 1950s arc. But the arc is Ethel's parents died. Whatever. Can we all have sex with each other? (laughs) Cool. Ray Rad, Rad Rayberry died. <laughs> Only Jughead knows him. <laughs> right. And Tabitha, oh no, but she's gone. The moral arc of the universe is in danger. And who is knows? it? I don't know. I I guess. So do you think that this milkman is the milkman who killed them? Like the guy we saw. Like that's the other thing. What I'm do you mean? You think it's a different thing? Well, my question was like, are we supposed to imply that like this is Jughead? thinking that this is what the milkman looks like or is it gonna be like the reveal is I, what is that e- what Each, we saw this guy so it's in a scene that Bra- that jugged didn't know about when right. he showed up at brad's door so like he's real i think i guess he's real is he a time traveler is he just a guy he might just be a guy he's well, just a guy what if he's just a guy but like We've if never he's met. just a guy then let's get to know him. Right. You know, it's like you're doing the thing you did with the black hood, where it's like delay, delay, hide. And 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 then by the time we find out both times who he is, it's like, okay, this is happening so fast. I can't yeah. really wrap my head around it or like the fallout or any of this or have it be interesting in any dynamic way. Like we didn't do an episode where like, not Betty, but someone else knew Hal was a murderer and was like in the house with Ooh. Betty and him and was scared or something. We didn't play with anything like that. And now we're also not, but like if we, if he has a face and we can know who he is, let's get to know him. But also if he doesn't really matter, then what, 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 what are, what are we doing? <laughs> right? What are we doing? Should we watch the trailer for next week? Uh, sure. Me... We're going to host a ghost show. We have a killer milkman at large. There's someone out there! One of the most phantasmagoric nights of the year. Who's the other guy? Reggie? Huh. So more horny teens, but it looks like maybe some plot? I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. No more plot. Uh, is it called Halloween 2? Did we do a previous episode called Halloween? Yes. Okay, so chapter 61 was called Halloween. Ominous videotapes begin appearing on doorsteps across Riverdale. Widespread fear quickly returns to the town. Jughead learns about a series of mysterious disappearances that have occurred oh, to former yeah. students and at then, the school. And then, and then Archie's like, I'm going to start being a master vigilante again. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it's like superhero cuteness. And yeah. uh, well, this looks more fun already because I saw Archie wearing a skeleton costume like in Cobra Kai attacking a mailbox with a baseball bat. That so, seems fun. You know, we're going to go outside and we're going to do things. I love that for us. I also just feel deeply tired because I... I, I you love every moment that you get to spend chatting with me. There was a great forget. scene early in this episode. And then I'm also losing my mind at the same time. <laughs> Both things can be true because... Both things can be true. Writers write episodes. Writers rooms write season arcs. It's beautiful. It's a metaphor. No, it's not. It's a fact. It's actually, yeah. It's just a fact. <laughs> Speaking of, what are you watching now? 
Oh, actually, I should clarify something. So we did get a message, a very lovely, kind message, that where she asked if before we spoil things, we could just say we're spoiling something. So... What about Yellow Jackets? You want to talk about Yellow Jackets? You want to talk about the season finale of Yellow Jackets? Okay, this would be a spoiler warning. We are a spoiler warning. Because it's Yellow Jackets. Because it's Yellow Jackets. And um, a lot of things happen in the season finale of Yellow Jackets. It was a bummer. This is your official spoiler warning, everyone. Okay, one, two, three. Natalie! Okay, so Frodo killed that guy. Kevin Tan. Oh, I was like, I was like, oh, are you joking? And then like no. shot him right. a bunch in front of search party yes. and was like, that's your problem now. And then like Jeff, my favorite, is just I in the side Jeff. and be like, did you just, Elijah Wood, is he your best friend now? Is that what's going on? <gasps> no, Have we Misty's best friend. That's what I'm saying though, is that is that Jeff has his own Misty now. Yeah, Jeff has his own Misty. How cute is that? And I do like that Misty and Elijah get to have it all uh, at the same time. Recognizing that past Misty has turned herself into Worm Tongue. Sorry, what does that mean? Uh, in the second Lord of the Rings movie, there's a part where they like go to get help from this king, uh-huh. and he's like all wizened and old, and he's got like this guy sitting next to him, whispering his ear, being like, "Hey, you should be a dick to them." And he's like, "I'm gonna be bad." And oh. then they like get rid of this guy, and the king like becomes young and good looking, and he's like, "Thank God that evil guy isn't whispering in my ear anymore." I don't remember this. But like that's kind of Misty and La- Misty and Lottie's thing of the past. Yeah. Lottie be, Lottie sitting there and be like, I didn't want to be leader. And me being like, well, you could have said that 18 episodes ago. That is fair. Yeah, I don't trust Lottie, and I never have. Right. I like younger Lottie more now that we've seen a little bit more of her. But old Lottie, I'm like, you are crazy pants. You need to get your shit together. The wilderness is not real. It's funny, because there was a bit early in the season where I was like oh, starting to like consider wilderness magic and stuff. And then like after the baby... I've been just been full back on it's magic isn't real. Yeah. And Lottie has just said something to give her an excuse to not feel personally responsible anymore. And handed it handed control to young Natalie, who is the most vulnerable person at that exact moment. And to have everyone who was trying to kill her a day ago be like, We love you, you're our leader, yeah. putting their hands against her hand. Like I can't even imagine what mental state she's going into. And it's weird that I'm not as freaked out about the death that you are. Yeah. Because in my mind, she's not dead. We still huh. have her. We will still continue to have oh, her. Oh, I see. Yes. But no. we might not see Juliette Lewis. No, we probably won't see Juliette Lewis. If that was her final round of episodes, I wasn't blown away with yeah. the arc they chose to take her Same. on on the way out. And if I were her reading those scripts, I also would have been like, Sorry, should I leave the show? Because it feels like we don't have anything for me anymore. <laughs> it's 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 over, right? I guess yeah. I'm glad Nicole Maines didn't die because I thought she was going to be on the chopping block. Yeah, you did say that, I remember. Oh, she was on the chopping it block. It was so close. It was just yeah. about. Yeah. And I, I think that was on purpose. Uh, right. That they were maybe playing it that way. Maybe Misty should think about uh, the amounts of drugs she carries with her at all times. Because, like, a little bit less might not have killed someone, but would have rendered them unconscious. And then you can make a choice. I thought about that, too. I was like, why did why did they do it this way? And why didn't they just have it be, like, enough to, like, get somebody down on the right. ground? I, I was. The thing I was thinking about a lot was the inconsistency of Van. Because past Van is, oh, yeah. you know, in deep. And I was like, new van seems, or adult van seems really well put together and like has moved on entirely from that. And then over the course of that episode, mm, I she this, likes the hunt. I, maybe she just likes games. 
She loves card games. But I thought, I thought, really thought in the present that the wilderness people would expand outside of the Yellow Jackets. And it didn't really. They kept it inside. They didn't kill someone other than one of them. I uh, I like the idea of though Coach Ben maybe chasing the Yellow Jackets down next season. Bro, he burned that house down. Yeah. Ooh. Coach Ben is alive. Yeah. I fully believe now he lives in the wilderness alone. Oh, I think he does. I think he lives underground. They're gonna they're gonna try to take that spot from him. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Although now everyone who knows where it is. Is not in their possession. Well, Nat. Oh no, Natalie doesn't know where it Natalie is. Natalie doesn't know where it is. Yeah, Javi knew where it was. Oh, yikes! 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 So I'm watching Yellow Jackets also. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, I, I, my sign on the picket line. I went to Netflix. Was don't you want to know how Yellow Jackets ends? And I do. I really do. Which is cool because Netflix famously. Um, yeah, it doesn't make yellow doesn't jackets. make yellow jackets. Doesn't I know. at all produce yellow jackets. But it was like one of those things where it's like I knew that I could look through these signs for like a half hour, or I could just grab one. Uh, you could do a great bit, be like, "Where are you gonna come up with your next reality TV show if not from another scripted drama?" That's fun. Male violent. <laughs> just thinking about that would be a fun yellow jackets like show. Male violent. Milf Island. Have you heard Milf of that? Milf Island. Think about it. Yes, I've heard of Milf Island. Of That's course. the Thirty Rock bit. But there's a real thing no, too. A real... Milf what was Manor? that one called? Milf Manor. I think it's called. One of them is called Milf Island. One of them is called like Milf Manor. <laughs> it's a choice. It's a... Which streaming service is it on? I want to say it's on Peacock, but it might be Netflix. Which streaming service? Oh, it should be Peacock. It should. Though. It really should be. If Thirty Rock were on today. Can you imagine the peacock jokes they'd be slinging oh, so every good. week? That would be a funny like spec script if someone just like wrote like what Thirty Rock would be like in twenty twenty. Yeah, John, Jack Donaghy trying yeah. to trying to sell peacock to peacock. people. Peacock, cock. Yeah, they, they got I it on know. the cock. <laughs> it's good. They got it on the cock. Yeah, there was like a thing where you know after Bob Saget died, there was like a photo that like John Stamos shared of him. Like standing in front of like the PEA, and it was just very funny. I, he was like, "Always oh, a jokester, that one." It's like, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of what I've been watching. What else have I been watching? The other two, but I talked about that last week. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of new stuff. I will eventually have new stuff. Okay, we're both we're both gonna be very depressed next week when yeah. there won't be any yellow jackets to talk about at all. There was a, a thing on TikTok where somebody screenshotted something that made it look like there was going to be like a next week on the Yellow Jackets. And I was like, don't do that. That's no. fucking evil. They play with you. Oh, yeah. Here's the TikTok thing that's starting to annoy me. Love it. So like there are TikToks that are just clips from movies and stuff. I love those. Oftentimes it's one I haven't seen before. Mm. If a new episode or a new season of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson has just dropped. Don't post it. Maybe stop posting the new clips onto TikTok. I want to watch those episodes in context. Yeah, you got to scroll fast. I am I losing my... Why don't people ever want to watch things in context? <laughs> I I have to say, I am disturbed by how um, engaged I get, though, with, like, Chicago Med clips. Because I don't watch Chicago Med. Sure, you would never. I, I, not that I would never, but like I would. For like an hour of that. Right, right. But like, what I want is like the juicy like medical problem of the week. Like, I don't really care about the relationships on that show, but I do care about the juicy medical problem of the week. So the TikTok clips just give me in four parts 
the juicy medical drama of the week. And it's always like crazy. And I'm like, I do want to know what that dad did. Like, I do want to know what's going on with that Girl Scout troop. What the hell happened? Somewhere in Hollywood, Jeffrey Katzenberg is hearing this and screaming, that's a quibby. You're talking about a quibby. <laughs> I'm the only one who actually watched, oh, this actually goes back to Yellow Jackets. One, I'm the only person who actually watched quibby. You're right, you were the one subscriber. I, I was, remember that. I was. So I, I watched quibby. Sophie Thatcher was a quibby. Sophie Thatcher is young Natalie. Let me just make sure that is true. Okay, but that's not. She was I don't like that sentence. <laughs> yes, yes. She okay. was not discovered on Quibi. <laughs> she was not, but she was on this. I watched this whole one. It was called When the Streetlights Go On. Mm-hmm. It was based on a very popular script that circulated Hollywood for like a really long time. It was kind of like a like a nostalgic murder mystery kind of like um like a Stephen King meets Steven Spielberg like script where it's about a girl who gets murdered and then kind of people coming of age around this murder and Sophie Thatcher was the sister of the murdered girl um and that I I knew that that are you trying to get Sella to give you a pound in it's fine it's fine yeah Sophie Thatcher was um was the sister of the girl and it you could tell that that could have been such a great show if they were not made in Quibi format. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, this could be really interesting. But like, by the time we got to like the 10th Quibi, I was like, oh, we don't have enough time. Like, we can't wrap this up fast enough. Like, there's not enough. Like, well, a lot of those Quibi shows were movies. So I don't think... Uh, some of them were movies. Some of them were movies and some of them were TV shows. Some of them were TV shows made... For Quibi. For Quibi. And this was one of those. But I think there was like a Sophie... Other... With other Sophie... Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, she had a Quibi movie that was like a movie broken up into like yeah. 12 parts or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it was actually pretty good. It could have just been a normal movie. I'm not yeah. really sure why it wasn't. I heard Liam Hemsworth in Most Dangerous Game is actually really good. Yeah, I could see that. They're all Roku originals now. I could watch them. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. But... Well, if you guys want to see more of Sophie Thatcher, who I think is very talented, when the streetlights go on, Quibi. Right. <laughs> Definitely do that and don't do the Boba Fett episode she's in. Oh, yeah. You said that. That's not real bad. Yeah. Well, well anyway, John, uh, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on TikTok. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter sometimes at Riley Tweets, R-E-I-L-O-Y Tweets. But mostly you can find me on the Riverdale Register Instagram page, the Riverdale Register podcast. Please send us thoughts and opinions and... Thoughts and prayers. Prayers if you need to. Love and... Love, money. (laughs) I'd love to not feel so alone about the plot. Uh, If anyone else is feeling... If if anyone else wants to talk like quantum entanglement and the time travel theory and stuff, that would be nice. Because like, what are they going to do, guys? (laughs) Anyone with a physics degree. Sound out. Someone out there, please. (laughs) Yeah. Love you guys. Over and out, River Vixens.